Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Hello, this is Wayne Freed with Randy Eplin with me today. Great to be here. He is our missionary to Asia. You're not going to say the word, huh? <laughs> Asia's good. It's, it's a, dangerous. It's a good it? area. It's yeah. dangerous to tell people. It's, it's um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous world we live in. We were talking about that just before we came on air. Folks, I hope you're ready. I know I talked to my son, Jonathan. Uh, by the way, this is Ask the Preacher, and uh, I'm Wayne Freed. And uh, my son, Jonathan, is usually on here, um, but he called today, and, and as we were talking, he said last, I said, well, what did you speak on last week and all? And he said, man, I, it just came over me, and I was an evangelist. He said, I just told people, you need to get saved, and you need to get saved now, and you really mean to get saved, you know, not playing games. Live for God. Repent of your sins. Be clean. Be clean before God. Come and let the blood of Jesus make you clean. There's nothing you can do apart from Jesus to make heaven your home. And so anyway, I said, man, that is the best thing because the things I've been, I listened to 72 minutes, uh, an interview with Tucker Carlson. And uh, he's the last few times I've listened to him, the people that are on there, they speak very carefully, just like Randy wouldn't tell you where he's a missionary to. Um, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And these people are coming on there at the risk of their lives and maybe their families. You know, I watched a, a, a movie the other day, just a carnal old movie. And uh, it, was, it was a shoot 'em up spy movie kind of thing. And, but they said this, this one particular person, we didn't know if they were safe to, to use because they didn't have any family. They said, we have no leverage. You know, you can't threaten them with their loved ones because that's what they do. They're not going to kill you. They're going to kill your loved ones. They're going to take them and torture them and cut their fingers off and stuff like that. Anyway, you don't believe me anyway, so I'm going to move on and, and let Randy talk to you. Uh, well, I, you know, you said something, you know, that, uh, that your son, Pastor John, shared about people coming to Christ and getting their life right. And coming back from Asia and being back here in the U.S., I've... I, I'm just watching people accept Christ every service, everywhere I go when I'm in churches. It's like uh, there is something happening that's good. And I, uh, and I, I always say, well, what do you do? We'll answer the question, what do you do after you get saved? What happens next? Here's what happens next. In Psalm 92, uh, starting in verse 12 and 13, it says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I, I, I just feel led to really focus on the those that shall be or those that be planted in the house of the Lord. You know, I, I have watched my whole life. I've watched people uh, just come under attack when it comes to being planted in the house of God, being planted in the local church. <clears throat> You know, that's one of the things that I believe that the devil tries to steal and destroy in people's lives, that uh, I have encouraged people. I, 
I ask people, I say, once you come to church, once you, oh, I don't want, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to go there. I, you know, and it's like the, the blessing of the Lord, the sovereign blessing of God is upon those that plant themselves in the house of the church, in the house of the Lord, it says here. But I believe that means the house of the church, that God wants us to be connected. And he wants us, even if we've been hurt, even if we've been uh, uh, upset or offended or whatever, that God wants us to be fully committed to him through the local body. And, you know, I always say that, you know, what you should do uh, is, you know, find a church that you can connect with, find a pastor that you trust, <coughs> and then a, a, and then give yourself to it. Give of your give of your finances, your tithe to the local church. Give of your time to the local church. Give of yourself and watch and see what God does. You know, Randy. Yep. Some, sometimes I, I hear people say you can't fix stupid, and um, there are some people that are just stupid. I, 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 I've been a I've been a Christian for fifty four years. I've led families to Christ. I've led teenagers to Christ. I've led little groups of people. And I remember one time uh, somebody called. They picked up one of my tracks, and they called, and they said uh, it was New Year's Eve. And uh, so I talked to them. Here's the short of it. Uh, they were just beginning to drink, okay? They had just opened a beer and stuff and took one drink, and then they called me. And I, I, I said, so you're not drunk? And they said, no, no. I said, I said, okay, good, let's talk. Because if you're just drunk and, you know, I'm wasting my time. But if you're really sincere, so they came to me, and I led them all to Jesus. And I said, I really want you to come to my church. I was a pastor. And I said, I want you to come to my church. And they said, well, let me, let me just be honest with you. We, we go to this Baptist church down the street, and uh, my mother goes there, and my grandmother goes there, my whole family goes there. I said, look— I, I got nothing against all that. That's fine. And, uh, but the problem is I don't have any way to follow up on you if you go to another church. I said, you just gave your heart to Jesus. You're just a babe. And I, you need someone watching over your soul. Well, they said, you know, like I said, my family and everybody. And I said, okay, so I picked out the one that I really felt was the leader of the group. And I said to him, now watch. Now look, listen to me. When you first see that they're not living for God. They're going back. I said, I want you to gather them up and say, come on, we're going to the church where God used a man we never met before, never even saw me, never heard of me, picked up a gospel track, and I ended up leading them to the Lord. I said, now that's who God chose to speak into your life. So you pick them up and you, you bring them. Well, they didn't show. I had to track them down. It was hard. And they told me, he said, everything you said was so we got around the family. I couldn't tell you everything, but it, there, there's a strong thing. That's like going to the hospital. When people call you from the hospital and say, Pastor, come pray, I don't tell them because there's always that slim chance, one in a thousand. But for the most part, it's too late. Once they get to the hospital, the doctor's word is final. And they're just, you can't hardly help them. You know, you were, you were talking about, it's, it's interesting to hear you share because, you know, I'm, I'm your son in the Lord. I think you know that. Uh, those of you listening, now you know that. Um, How long I was, ago? How I, long ago, Randy? Oh goodness! I when did I come and visit? Um, first time I visited Believers Fellowship, 
I'm, well, I, it, would, it, was, it would have been in, on Park and Success, wouldn't it? That's right. So it, it would have been in success. the early 80s. Yeah, I been was. Before 82. Yeah, 84. I, I, was, I was like 19, I think, or 20 years yeah. old. <laughs> you know, but here, here, here I just want to speak to what you just said because, you know, uh, I did get saved under your ministry. And I got, I gave my heart to the Lord when I came down. Then I went back. Ohio. Went back to Ohio and acted like I acted stupid. You said the word. That's a strong word. It's the yeah, right it one. Is. Sorry, it it's the right one, ladies and gentlemen. It's the right word because I went back, was stupid. Then I come back and visit my twin brother, and then he would say, "Well, I go to still go to Believers Fellowship." I said, "Okay, I'll go." And then I'd get my heart right. I did that for three years. I don't know if you remember, you know, but. Once I finally decided, I said, you know, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stop goofing around and being stupid and making stupid choices and stupid decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that word stupid is really, it's really coming all out of the broadcast here. But, you know, we need to avoid stupid in our life. We really do because we have, you got a lot of people that have really messed up their life because of stupid. But anyways... And I, I, you know, the Bible I, calls them fools. I said to myself, "That's is that softer? I think that's even worse." Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. that's what yeah, the Bible it's sound, says. It's like the <laughs> fool. <laughs> fool doesn't seem so strong as stupid, but it's actually it actually is worse. But it's like um, I, I ended up asking myself. I thought, well, where did I where did I find bread? And I found bread in Lakeland, Florida, at Park and Success, at Believers Fellowship. So I was I was up there in Akron, Ohio, freezing my tail off. And I said, and, and and I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? I'm going there. I'm gonna go there, and I'm gonna serve God. That's where I found someone that spoke into my life that helped me to see the scriptures. And I, you know what? I asked. I, I had a I had a mobile home there that I had bought. I paid four and a half thousand dollars for it. <laughs> Not so much uh, back then. Uh, seemed like a lot back then. But I said, I said, you know what? I uh, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm going to sell everything and go. I told one person, Pastor Wayne, one person. They told another person. I had that thing sold the next day, and there's no preacher lift here. Uh, it, it's the God's honest truth. It's, and I, saw that I think God wanted me to Florida, and I moved 1,100 miles to go to a church. As a 19-year-old. As 19. Well, I ended up at the time I was around 24 because of those years that I would come down. Mm. But it took me some time. And see, God's working on you. Those of you listening, he's working on you. And uh, you know what? Find a place that you can go to that you can receive and you can commit 100% because you'll qualify under the scripture in Psalm 92. Uh, there in verses 12 and 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, hallelujah, in the courts of our God. That's what God wants for us. But we have to do our part. We have to not be well, stupid. Well, you know, what, what, the reason yeah. I use the word stupid is because in every other area of life, like if they go to a restaurant and they, they, they are, oh, we got to take a break. Don't time, have time for that story. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed. Number to studios, area code 863-682-1430. And we'll be right back with Ask the Preacher. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. A question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Well, hello. This is Wayne Freed with Ask the Preacher, and we were talking here with Randy Eplin, missionary Randy Eplin, uh, about going to church. And I mentioned something about you, you can't fix stupid. Some people 
are just stupid. And here's what I mean by that. They have like a double standard. If they go to a restaurant and the food's really bad, they don't keep going to the same restaurant every week. They, they, they'll look around. They might go a second time or a third time. They may say, well, hey, maybe there was a problem. But you don't just keep going. And yet, for church, that's what they do. They're going to go to the closest church, the quickest church, and all this kind of thing. But I want to tell you, churches are a lot like restaurants. They all have food, but there's a big difference between the Taco Bell and the steak and ale. Enough said. Okay, so I want to share something with you that may surprise you. I was at the um, flea market, farmer's market, um, a, a while back, and there was a guy there. Uh, I, I had some stuff in my hand I'd picked up from his stuff, his sales, and, and I said, how much you want for this? And he, he told me. I gave him a gospel track, and he said, I know who you are. And I said, you do? How do I know you? He said, from the jail. And uh, there was a Christian uh, set up in the jail and stuff. And I said, well, man, that's been a while back, hasn't it? And he said, 20-some-odd years. And he said, I remember you vividly. you know. And he started talking about that. And I said, well, are you planted in a good church? And he said, oh, to my deceased mother's uh, degree or whatever, I, how you say that. He said, uh, no. And she would be very sad to hear that. And uh, he had other people there, and so I couldn't just dominate his time, so I had to move quickly. But I said to him, I said, let me just, I, I put my hand on his shoulder, and I drew up a little close to him, and I just said, let me share something with you. I said, did you know, and he's listening for real because I helped him in those years before. I said, did you know that God is smarter than you? Mm. Well, he did like everybody. Oh, yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> And I said, no, 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 wait a minute. If you really believed that God was smarter than you and that he loved you, that he cares about you, then you'd do what he says. He's got your best interest at, at heart, you know. And, 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 he, and he, he listened to that. I didn't go on with that, but I'm going to tell you what's behind that. I did tell him in Hebrews 10.34. I'm sorry, Hebrews 10.24 and 25. Let me let me start with verse 23. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Starting with 23, let us hold fast to our profession or our confession um, of faith without wavering. For he's faithful, that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That's what we're supposed to, our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to provoke them to good works. And then he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He's saying, don't forsake going to church. Don't forsake assembling together, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, I'm just going to tell you, if you can't see that we're up against the wall, I really don't believe that most people listening to my voice are going to be alive in one year, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just telling you, this is a great day for us. I've been preparing for this 54 years. This is my whole life. God could have had me born at any time, but this is the best time of all. This is the end time when I can lay down my life for my Savior and for the church and even for my country. Now, I want to keep going here. Verse 25, and then I'm going to keep on reading. In 25, he said, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And then he said, uh, well, he said, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, for is a connecting word. He's, he's still speaking. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment 
and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite under the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And verse 31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The whole book of Hebrews is written to the backslider. It may surprise you, but in Hebrews chapter 2, I, I'd like to say it this way, 2-2, two, two, but it's actually 2-1, two, 2, and 3. He says, therefore, he said, therefore we ought to be um, give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's what he was talking about in the 10th chapter, trodden underfoot the Son of God, and accounting the blood of the covenant wherewith we were sanctified an unholy thing. Folks, I told one of my loved ones the other day, we got three kids and seven grandkids. And I looked him in the eye, and he was extremely late for church, extremely late, like an, almost an hour. And I said, are you on drugs? He laughed at first because he thought I was teasing with him. And I was. I, I knew he wasn't on drugs. But I said, are you on drugs? And he said, no. And I said, uh, are you drinking? And he said, no. And I said, listen, now he's just, just a teenager. I said, whether you're on drugs or alcohol or illicit sex or you're tied up with your telephone or your computer, I said, either way, it's the devil trying to keep you out of church. It's the devil trying to keep you from developing your spirit man. He's got a call to be a preacher. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. 682-1430, and we'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed, taking Jonathan Freed, my son's place today. And uh, we have Randy Eplin, missionary Randy Eplin. Randy, go ahead. You know, we were talking about going to church and about how important it is, how it's scriptural. It's a command. It's a command of the, of the Word of God for us to do that. And you know, when you look at uh, how important it is, it's like for those of you that are listening that I'm believing God for the right people to be listening at the right time. We're, we're, you're preaching out of Hebrews 10, 25, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Pastor Wayne, you shared about this whole passage is, is directed to, to the backslider. And, you know, um, even if you are backslidden or you're no longer like living for God, uh, you still have, you st <laughs> I believe, that there's that still small voice still up on the inside of you telling you what to do, uh, telling, you, telling you where to go, telling you how to live. And, you know, as we're sharing here today, if you get that, if you get that nudge on the inside, man, I should, 
I should really do that. Yield to that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't say, I can't say enough that that's, that's the Holy Spirit leading you to do what you know in your heart that you should do. Now, there may be quite a, a there may, you may feel like you're going to have to go through a snowstorm to get to the, to get to the mailbox, go this, through a snowstorm to get to church. You may have to talk to your spouse or your partner or whomever, but you, you, you know what? Yield to that nudge, to that inkling. That's what we're talking about here today, because you know what? Um, the Bible's plain about it. And you can come up with all kinds of excuses of why. Well, you know, I got to work. I hear people all the time. I got to work. Well, they think I don't have to work. <laughs> you know, I got to. Well, I, you know, I, I, I need to rest. I need to this. I need to that. And uh, they come up with a lot of excuses. But see, the Bible is real plain about activity and about action. You know, be doers of the word, James one twenty two, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself as looking through a glass darkly. That's what happens to a lot of people. They become deceived, and and I believe the Holy Spirit is leading you, those of you listening right now. To And, and you know what? You don't have to come to Believer's Fellowship. I think you should. I think you ought to try it if you've never come. Uh, you know, but go where the Lord leads you to go. There's churches all, all almost every corner in Lakeland uh, and in Winter Haven in this area. Uh, go where the Lord leads you to go. But go, you know, I, I, uh, well, Randy, I, if they're not getting fed where, where they are, it, it, people just have this thing in their head that if I've gone there, my family's gone there, we've been there all their life, then, uh, that's the only place I'm interested in going. And, and I know I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid and my mother started taking me to a certain church. Um, i actually, she bounced around, but it was the same denomination. And I'm telling you, when I went to church, it, it, I didn't go very much. But when I did, it was the longest hour of my life. I couldn't <laughs> hardly stand it. And, you know, I, I went to a funeral probably I mean, now. It's probably been 15, 20 years ago. But but it was, I'd been a Christian a long time, pastor a long time. But I went to the funeral for somebody else. OK, it, it was a, I didn't know the people, didn't know the pastor, but it was connected. And I went there. Uh, and brother, I'm telling you what, I almost couldn't sit through the service. It wasn't just dead. It sucked the life out of me. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that. I thought, this is spiritual. Man, I mean, it's one thing not to get fed, like eating cardboard. But man, I mean, it just drained me and I wanted to walk out the side door. You know, the point that you're making is... All churches aren't the same. That's right. And that's really important to, for you to for for you to understand uh, that you know we get this. I call it the video freeze frame mentality. We go to one place or one church, and then we take a snapshot of it in our in our mind in our heart, and then we think that all churches are like that. And it's not true. Okay. It's really not true. There, you know, and there's churches have different kinds of like personalities. They have different uh, different flows, and you got to find where you fit. But find it and look for it. You know, I I want to get back into the uh, in Psalm ninety two, Pastor Wayne, because I I saved I saved another scripture there for for last. Because um, I read chapter. Uh, this is Psalm ninety two, verses twelve and thirteen uh, out of the Amplified, and I'm going to st- start with verse fourteen. Well, maybe I'll start with verse thirteen. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's where we first started here. Uh, back maybe 30 minutes ago when we were talking about this, that we want we want people to be planted in a church. Why do I want you to be planted in a church? For me? No, for you. 
for, for because you will flourish. And then look what it says in verse 14. It says, growing in grace, they shall spring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the virtue of trust, love, and contentment. And you know, you know, I'm sitting with someone who's just a real good example of that. Not trying to call you an old man there, young sir. But, I made it but, to 70, and 70 <laughs> called David old at 70. Okay, well, okay, so it's scriptural. You know, we're, 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 we won't talk about, <laughs> okay, we'll yeah. talk about age, but it's like, you know, growing in the grace. You know, I, I know, uh, I mean, we can talk about this at, at any stage in life. You know, I, I know that you're in a stage in your life that's different than it was before, you know, and yet, yet you still serve God. You're still on fire for God. You're still that example to me that you were when I was like 19 years old when I first met you. And I think you're a little over 10 years older than me. And it's like you've been an example to me, brother, all my life. And I'm very blessed and very fortunate to have that. Uh, and to have that example where you've stayed faithful. And, I, you know, <laughs> is it easy? Doesn't matter, does it? Is it easy to be faithful? Is it easy to, to show up, be in church, be faithful, do what you're supposed to do? I don't think it really matters. I think we get too much in our head about it. I think people get into reasonings and they, and they deceive themselves, just like it says in James 1.22. They come up with so many reasonings and ideas and, and things that they forget to just do it. You know, just go to church and watch and see what God does in your life and, and, and in your family's life where you create a legacy for everyone around you. You know, I also wanted to share, you know, my, <coughs> you know, my mother— uh, my mother and I don't go to the same church. We don't go to the same, we're not, we don't follow the same, how shall I say, tradition, denominational group. But you know what's been really good after all these years is my mom really respects Believer's Fellowship and really respects the church. I don't mind saying my mother's Baptist, right? So you could call me a Baptocostal. I grew up in the Baptist church in, in Ohio uh, when I was a kid. That's where I went to church, you know? Uh, but my mom really respects the church and really respects the family, uh, the freed family, for being together, staying together, working together to, as a labor of love to serve. And you know why I'm sharing that? I'll tell you why. Because you should know those who labor among you. And I tell you what, I know this family. I've, <laughs> and I've, I've served you uh, in the ministry uh, for years. And I told you when I left that I, I, I would continue, and I have, and I will continue. And, and it's like, I've watched, I've just watched God do some amazing things. And I've watched, uh, how do I want to say it? I, I, I'm, I'm showing honor here today on the, on the broadcast, but I'm also saying that this is, a good, this is a good bunch to connect with, is what I'm trying to tell you. You know, let me, you know? Let me, let me say this. When I got saved, before I got saved, there was a man on the construction job. Now, I was working as a union laborer, and this guy was a uh, carpenter foreman. And the first thing he said to me was, son, he said, uh, there's two people in this old world that loves you. One of them's me, one of them's Jesus. He said, now, I'll fail you, but Jesus never will. And he, and he whistled as he walked away. And that man talked to me with tears in his eyes. And, and he, he was every day at lunchtime. He'd put his food down and talk to those around him. I never met anybody like that. It reached out and touched my heart. And... Uh, so anyway, when I got desperate to go to church, reached out jail on bond, 
facing 100 years in prison, 11 felonies, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out, and God stopped me with a vision. Next morning, rolled out of bed on my knees, said, I meant what I said last night, and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to quit everything I know is wrong, do everything I know is right. Started going to church and um, paid attention. Started going to church. Now, I'd never seen a church like this. They were so full of life, my mother visited. Me going to church, that was a big deal. So she came with me one time, and she said, my goodness, you can't keep your feet still, can you? I mean, you know, it was a spirit of God. And I'd never seen anything quite like that. We went to the Presbyterian church. It was like a long-gated funeral. Anyway, I don't mean to be critical. I'm just telling you, folks, there's a difference in churches. And if you don't like the one you're going to, you ought to go somewhere else. So we went to that church, you see, me and my girlfriend. And uh, I don't know why, but she said, I'm never coming back to this church. Never come. I didn't much care. Church was church to me. So I said, okay. So we started going. And we went to Pentecostal churches, a lot of them. And I was getting very discouraged because they were just as dead as they could be. They were as dead as the Presbyterian church was. And so I finally, uh, I just said, I, I'm going back to that church. I didn't know where I said because I was about to quit my, in mm. my search, mm. which meant I'm going to kill myself because I wasn't going to prison. See, I had to find out if the Bible was true. I had to find out if there was a heaven and hell and a judgment. I had to find out if God was going to judge me, if he was listening to my prayers, if he really heard me and cared. And, and so I was just about to give up on the whole thing. And so I went back to the church where God had put me to start with. And I'll tell you, it got inside of me and changed my life. And that's, that's the kicker, everybody listening, where, where God puts you in the first place. And so, I, hey, I, I know I think time's up. All right, and we're gonna. It times up. We're gonna take a break. Uh, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. And the phone number is eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty. And we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back. This is Wayne Freed taking in, uh, taking over today for um, my son, Jonathan, Jonathan Freed, with Believers Fellowship, and um, very proud of my son. Uh, Randy Eplin, uh, the um, missionary evangelist, hey. teacher, professor, doctor. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch of things. Uh, you know, I'm just a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm so thankful to God <laughs> for the revelation that he's given me. You know, my uh, there, there have been people that have asked, because, you know, my twin brother was also a minister and a preacher, and I know he served you, Pastor Wayne, years and years ago. He's gone home to be with the Lord, but, you know, people have asked my mother, they said, how'd you, how'd you go about raising two preachers? <laughs> she, she didn't know how to answer that, because, you know, her... her uh, Pentecostal her, preachers. Yeah, Pentecostal, that. too. Her father, you know, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher. I don't know if you knew that, Pastor Wayne, but he was. And he was a carpenter. He built three churches with his bare hands. You know, it's like it kind of runs. I, well, it runs in the family. Uh, but it's like uh, she she said, she looked at me and I go, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she just raised us. She raised us right. You know, we ended up we ended up bringing her to church because she had fallen away from God. Then my brother and I, when we were just little, we were six years old and uh, the neighbor boy, Kenny Coleman, I still remember him. He invited us to go to Arlington Memorial Baptist Church because he said it was fun. So we, we, were, we were into fun. So we went up there, and, uh, and then we came home. We really liked it. Church we, is fun. And we told my mother, we said, Mom, we said, how come you don't go to church? We had no idea. 
that my mother had grown up in church, was raised in a church. Now, it was a very legalistic church where, they, you know, the women kept silent. They had, wore veils over their faces and wore long sleeve, long sleeve clothes in the middle of the summer and sat in the back two rows. But she, she, my, my mother ended up marrying my father, who was not a believer. And so she wasn't going to church, and she thought to herself, well, you know what? You're absolutely right. I should go. And she started going to church, and she went to that church for over 60 years. I mean, the, the entire, well, it's 55 years because I'm, uh, well, yeah, right at 55 years. And uh, it's like it was amazing to me how, you know, when my mother, as I reflect, uh, how my mother, she, <laughs> when we came home and said, you should, you should, you should go to, why don't you go to church, Mom? And she goes, well, I think I will. And so she did, and she got involved. And we're talking about this whole broadcast. We've been talking about the going to church and about being connected uh, in the body and about how God's blessing flows, sovereign blessing, not just frivolous. This is the sovereign blessing of God we're talking about in life and ministry and old age that is so valuable and uh, thank God my mother my mother did, and then my mother uh, continued there, sang in the choir, and then guess what? She said to my dad, she said, she said, Ira, my dad's name was Ira, said, why don't you come and listen to me sing? And my dad loved my mother. So guess what? He would come and listen to her uh, sing, you know? And then after that, you know, my dad had a massive heart attack, and I, and um, when he was 49 years old, and I was... Well, I think I was 18 uh, when he had a massive heart attack, and God, well, he ended up he ended up having an out of body experience, and he began to go through a tunnel and see a light at the end of the tunnel, and he shared this story about how he'd get close to the light, and then he'd come back in his body, and then the paddles would be on him, and they'd bump, they'd pop him back to life again. And long story short, through that experience, there was a preacher who was visiting people in the hospital who visited my father and led him to Jesus. Whew. Praise the Lord. And you know what? You know what I think? I think it has to do with going to church. I think it has to do with being connected to God and our family being connected to God. You know, Randy, it reminds me <laughs> of somebody that used to go to our church. <clears throat> and they quit coming and they backslid. Now, they used to be real boozers and partiers, wild but he got saved, came to our church, lived for God for a long time, but then he backslid. And he, and, and he came back to the Lord, and I talked to him, and I said, you need to get back in church. I mean, you know, he's got back with the Lord, but he wasn't in church. He said, man, we just, you know, our business is booming now. We're doing so good, and uh, I just don't have, have the time. And he said, besides that, I, I don't really need church because I've got these things going, and, and we read our Bible and all. And I said, what about your boys? I said, they need church. Well, he said, you're right about that because they're in bad shape, you know. And um, I said, well, brother, maybe it's not about you at all. Maybe it's about your boys. Well, he and his, one of his boys had a car accident. Motorcyclist was killed. He was killed. Uh, his son uh, had a thing go through his ear, you know, the, the, the rear view mirror thing and all. And I was in the hospital there with the nurse that was sewing him up, and we were talking to him and all. But anyway, the, the, the point I wanted to, to get to is, what about somebody else? What about you, Randy? And what about your brother, Shane? 
you know, you talk about your daddy got saved and your mother went back to church. Could you, could it ever have been that God says, I'm going to do it for them? I look at my whole family. Now, remember, I was out of jail on bond, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me. And I come to find out it's not all about me. You know, I've got children that are doing a great work for God. I've got grandchildren. We've had revelation about the work they're doing, going to do for God. They're just young yet. But I'm telling you, it's not always about you. You better obey God because he's smarter than you are. You know, <laughs> amen. <laughs> uh, he really is. You know, you're talking about the guy who said, well, I don't really need church anymore. You know, it's, I don't need church. I'm saved. and I'm Well, maybe the church needs you. Ha! <laughs> The, uh, imagine 1426 uh, yeah imagine that <laughs> you know it's like the the church see because eventually we grow up and we grow we grow up and we mature as believers and then we become with the disciples become discipled and then and then we as adults as grown up adult Christians we disciple others how through the local church and so it's, it's a cop-out to say, well, I don't really need the church. It's also very prideful to say that. And so... Uh, Ephesians 4.16. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great weekend. God bless you. I don't know.